So the only people that this man was supposed to tell were the priests. This man had a mission. Jesus put this man on a mission to go and to witness to the Pharisees and to the priests, but to nobody else because the other people didn't need to know about this. And this is why we need to listen to what Jesus says, because this leprous man did the opposite of what Jesus asked. And it caused more issues for Jesus in the long run. He did not follow the mission that Jesus gave him. faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative and fun the p40 ministries podcast listen now as we go through the book of luke happy happy tuesday friends and faithful listeners thanks for tuning in and sorry about yesterday's podcast episode because I rarely go back and listen to my own podcast episodes, but I happened to do that yesterday and I noticed that the intro was wrong and I put um, I put at the beginning that we were discussing Luke, not Leviticus. So sorry about that because the episode was very clearly out of Leviticus, but I did the intro incorrectly because I pre-recorded that intro and I have two of them. One says Luke, one says Leviticus, and I happened to put the Luke one on a Leviticus episode. (laughs) So if I confused anybody, sorry, I did not mean to do that. But I knew that would happen eventually. I just knew it. I was like, I'm just waiting for this to happen where I mess up the intros. And it happened. (laughs) So sorry about that. But all right, today we are going to actually be talking in the book of Luke because today is Tuesday. And as you guys already know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode But then on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I do an Old Testament episode for anybody who is new to the podcast. And speaking of new people, thanks everybody for tuning in. The P4E Ministries podcast is now in, I think, 46 states. People are listening in. So thanks guys so much. That's me clapping. (laughs) I'm just really excited. And you know what, Virginia, you guys are killing it. Because, I mean, Ohio has been killing it since the beginning because that's my home state and yay, Ohio. Thanks, guys. I love Ohio. But of course, Virginia is getting kind of close to passing up Ohio, which was kind of a shocker for me. But, you know, thanks to everybody tuning in. It's just very appreciated. So let's go ahead and talk about Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. And this portion of scripture was kind of confusing to me, and I'll explain why in a moment. But yeah, let's go ahead and start. I'll be reading out the W-E-B as I always do. Now, while the multitude pressed on him and heard the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. 
He entered into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered him, Master, we worked all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught a great multitude of fish, and their net was breaking. They beckoned to their partners in the other boat that they should come and help them. They came and filled both boats, so that they began to sink. But Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Lord. For he was amazed, and all who were with him, at the catch of the fish which they had caught. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, for from now on you will be catching people alive. When they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man full of leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, saying, Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I want to be made clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him. He commanded him to tell no one, but go on your way and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing according to what Moses commanded for a testimony to them. But the report concerning him spread much more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. But he withdrew himself into the desert and prayed. So the main reason I was confused, actually, about this passage of scripture was because of the account of Jesus going back to his hometown in Mark. And the reason that confused me was because we literally just talked about Jesus's hometown in the last chapter in Luke chapter four, where they tried to like throw Jesus off the cliff and they were so disrespectful to Jesus and couldn't stand him and just wanted nothing to do with him. And this was Jesus's like neighbors and friends that he had grown up with. And in Luke, it kind of it's almost like assumed that Jesus does not have any disciples yet. But in the book of Mark, that same story is actually told after Jesus gets his disciples. Because it says here in Mark 6, verse 1, Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. And when Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. So it's basically the same story that Mark is saying, except Luke is almost like, at least this is what I originally thought. I was confused because Luke made it seem like Jesus went there alone, whereas Mark makes it seem like Jesus went there with his disciples. So my best conclusion to this is that both Luke and Mark were correct. (laughs) And what I mean by this is Luke never says if Jesus has disciples or not. Luke is only mentioning here in Luke chapter 5, Jesus uh, getting Peter as his disciple Whereas Jesus could have had some other disciples, for example, I think Andrew was actually one of Jesus's first disciples, because I think Andrew was um, John the Baptist's disciple that immediately left John the Baptist, we find out in the book of John, and started following Jesus. So when Jesus went to his hometown, it's probably likely that he took the disciples he had, though he probably didn't have all 12 at that point, but maybe he had three or four disciples that went back with him into his hometown, but maybe Simon Peter was not included in that yet. Or it could just be that uh, Luke here in Luke chapter five told this story out of order. And this happened before Jesus went to his hometown because there's not a direct timeline in either book of when things really happened. 
But either way, that's kind of my conclusion of of that story of Jesus going back to his hometown. But now Luke is mentioning the uh, the fact that Jesus is now getting another disciple who happens to be Simon Peter. And so what Jesus does is that he it says he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret and the crowds, the multitudes, because Jesus was super famous by this point. And we know that because of the book of Mark, where we see Jesus just doing stuff, like just doing so much stuff. Like he was just going and going and healing and preaching and doing all sorts of stuff. So Jesus was famous and these multitudes were like gathering around Jesus to listen to him. And it says that the multitudes were actually pressing on him. And so, of course, if you're getting pressed in, like if if people are just like pushing on you and there's not enough room on the land, it would be very hard for Jesus to like speak to all these people. So he sees these little boats and he gets into one because the fishermen were not out to sea. It says that they were washing their nets. And the one fisherman was Simon. And my personal opinion is that Simon already knew who Jesus was, but was not a disciple yet. That's kind of my own personal belief, though I don't know if that's like mentioned in scripture. But I kind of think that Simon knew about Jesus because he was not at all like concerned that Jesus like walked into his boat. (laughs) He wasn't concerned. And since Jesus uh, already had a couple disciples, it's possible they told uh, Simon about it. And, you know, Simon is also called Peter. But yeah, so I think Simon already knew remotely who Jesus was and maybe was an acquaintance with Jesus even. But so Jesus walks into Simon's boat and asks Simon to go out a little bit into the water so that Jesus could teach from the boat. So that's what Simon does. And so um, <laughs> so it says that once Jesus finishes talking to the multitudes on the shore, he turns to Simon and he's like, okay, Simon, I want you to uh, put your your fishing net down to fish for fish. And Simon's like, yeah, we did that all night and we haven't caught anything. But Simon's like, all right, well, if you say that I should, I guess I will. So he does it. And it says that there, the net like filled with so many fish that the net began breaking. And so there was another boat nearby and these were the partners of Simon Peter. And it says that Simon calls to them and they have to like bring their boat over, jump out and try to get the fish into both boats. And it was so many fish that the boats began sinking. And so, (laughs) oh man, I can't even imagine having, I mean, I have to think that like Simon was a really strong guy. And if he had to bring three other men over into his boat to help him, you know, this would have been a ton, like probably close to a ton of fish, if not more than a ton, like literally a ton, because (laughs) there were probably like three or four men trying to help Peter with these fish. And we don't know if Jesus helped or not, but maybe Jesus was just enjoying the show. But <laughs> but we know that James and John, who were the sons of Zebedee, were there trying to help Simon. And probably Zebedee, their father, was there too trying to help. 
So I would guess that this was four men trying to drag in all these fish. Okay, so that is the quantity of fish that uh, came into this net. This would have supported probably all of those families for a really, really long time. Months, maybe. That many fish, that would have been a lot of money for their families to sell all those fish. So Jesus just provided like for all of these guys that he was with. And it says here that when Simon saw it, he falls down at Jesus's knees and is afraid. (laughs) He says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Lord. For he was amazed and all who were with him at the catch of fish which they had caught. I don't know if you guys fish at all. Uh, I used to have a little pond back at the old house, and I only fished in it once. But it would take me probably close to like 15 minutes to just catch one bluegill. And this was in a pond with domesticated fish. <laughs> like fish that were not afraid to come up to us that we would regularly feed. And it took me like 10 to 15 minutes to catch a fish in my little pond. Can you imagine just like almost instantaneously tons of fish getting caught in the the nets? I mean, that is very much a miracle. Like there's no two ways about it. So Simon Peter freaks out. He's just like, Jesus, God, I am a sinful man. Please depart from me. It's funny how... That is almost always the response from people when they experience God is they say, God, I am sinful, so please leave, like leave my presence because I will die in your presence. We see that happen all the time. And Peter does the exact same thing. He says, depart from me for I am a sinful man, Lord. And so then Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid. I love that. Don't be afraid. He says, from now on, you are going to be fishing for men. In the W.E.B., it says catching people alive, but I really don't like that. (laughs) That just seems weird, catching people alive. But most of the other versions, I think, say fishing for men. But I mean, I guess it's the same concept. But yeah, fishing for men is what Jesus was saying. You know, Peter is no longer going to be a fisherman, like fishing for fish. Instead, he's going to be a great preacher. And we know that Jesus ends up changing Simon's name to Peter, which means rock or stone. And Peter was going to be the stone, you know, the stone on which the the church was built. And we know that that happened. You know, Peter became a great preacher that started building the early church. And yeah, he did become a fisher of men because he was reeling them in (laughs) to the gospel. I guess, reeling people in to uh, the wonder of the gospel, I guess. But yes, yeah, so it says that after this miracle happens, Simon leaves everything and follows Jesus. That is fascinating to me. All of that, those fish that Jesus had just provided for them were less important to Peter than Peter's salvation. Isn't that cool? You know, Peter recognized something special that Jesus was going to be giving him the key to salvation, not just not just a bunch of fish to provide for his family, but the true salvation that he was longing for. So he left all those fish. And I think John actually mentions that um, 
that they left Zebedee there. Zebedee did not become a disciple, but Peter, James, and John all did. And maybe Zebedee then took care of all the fish and everything at that point. But yeah, I mean, they left all to go follow Jesus. And I just find that so, so cool that they were less concerned about the money and more concerned about what Jesus had to offer them. So then at this point, it says that after this, while he was in one of the cities, so now he has his disciples and he's in the city. And it says that there was a man full of leprosy. So this guy was really, really leprous. And so it says that when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and he begged him saying, Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. I think that's really interesting how this leprous man presents it to Jesus. He doesn't directly ask Jesus to heal his leprosy. Instead, he says, Jesus, if you want to, you can make me clean. That kind of reminds me of like how I ask people for things. (laughs) In fact, Garrett gets mad because I'll often say to him, I'll be like, hey, Garrett, can you do this if you want to? And he'll be like, no, I don't want to. Can you just ask me? (laughs) So I feel like if I was asking Jesus for something, I'd do the same thing. I'd be like, Jesus, if you want to, could you do this for me? (laughs) But Jesus is so gracious. And he's like, it says that he stretched out his hand and touched to this man saying, I want to be made clean. And the second Jesus puts his hand on this leprous man, the leprosy is gone. So Jesus was not touching a leprous man. It was instantaneously healed. So Jesus, you know, a lot of people like to say Jesus broke the law here, the Old Testament law by touching this leprous man. But this man was not leprous. It says that immediately the leprosy left him. So Jesus was touching a clean man. But that's exactly what this leprous man needed was physical touch because we don't know how long he was leprous. And you know from Leviticus, we just went through the leprosy laws actually recently, that if somebody was leprous, they couldn't live with their family anymore. And that was a way to curb diseases that were infectious, was to basically put that person into quarantine until they were well. So this man had not been getting well. Instead, he was so leprous. So Jesus immediately makes this man clean with the touch of his hand. And maybe the healing power, I don't even know, maybe the healing power like went out of Jesus's hand before it even touched the man. We don't know how it works. (laughs) I just like to think about stuff. But yeah, I mean, Jesus puts his hand on this man and immediately he's not leprous anymore. And so Jesus then commands this man to tell no one. So at this point, Jesus is kind of doing sort of private miracles and not super public ones, at least not too much. Obviously, people knew that Jesus was doing miracles, but Jesus was not, you know, tooting his own horn in a sense. He was not going out there and, uh, you know, saying how cool he is and how he can heal so many people and this and that. He wasn't doing any of that. Instead, he tells this leprous man or rather this once leprous man to not at all tell anybody other than the priest. It says, go your way and show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing according to what Moses commanded for a testimony to them. So the only people that this man was supposed to tell 
were the priests. This man had a mission. Jesus put this man on a mission to go and to witness to the Pharisees and to the priests, but to nobody else. Because the other people didn't need to know about this. Because this this would just cause more issues for Jesus in the long run. Because more and more multitudes would come and Jesus would be able to get less and less one-on-one interactions with people. So Jesus gives this leprous man a mission to go and to witness to the Pharisees. And this is why we need to listen to what Jesus says. Because this leprous man did the opposite of what Jesus asked. And it caused more issues for Jesus in the long run. He did not follow the mission that Jesus gave him. It says that the reports concerning him spread. That means that this man, we don't even know if he went to the priest or not. We, we don't even know. But it says that somehow it started spreading among all these people. <laughs> and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So they were using Jesus to heal them. But Jesus withdrew himself into the desert because of what this leprous man had done. Jesus was no longer able to preach to them the way he wanted to because now all they care about is being healed of their physical sickness. They don't care about their heart sickness. But imagine if this leprous man would have done what Jesus would have said. Maybe some Pharisees would have started following Jesus. Maybe. I mean, the Pharisees were really stubborn people, but you never know. I mean, that is why we need to listen to what Jesus tells us to do. Because what Jesus asks us to do, even if we don't like it, even if it's something that we think we should do the opposite of, It is important to go where Jesus calls us to go. And I don't know who needs to hear this message today, but maybe somebody in this audience needs to hear this, that Jesus is calling them to something. And even though it might feel uncomfortable, even though we might not like it, if Jesus calls, it is the best thing, not only for you, but for other people as well. Well, friends, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I just, I really am enjoying the book of Luke. I think it's so much fun and it's fun to talk about. I enjoy, um, you know, picking it apart a little bit and really discussing like the nitty gritty of it. Like one thing I never really noticed was that um, Jesus commands that man to go and minister to the Pharisees. That's a big, big task if you think about it, because man, those guys were stubborn. They wouldn't even listen to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's kind of cool, though, that Jesus tasked that man with it. So clearly that man would have had uh, the ability to do it. But unfortunately, he chose not to listen to Jesus and did what he wanted to do, which is which is really sad in the long run. But anyway, friends, you know, Easter is coming up. So here's a quick commercial for the Alive Coloring Devotionals. Do you need help spending time in God's word? The Alive Coloring Devotional is a great tool for you to gain motivation and build a healthy habit of walking with God. Get connected to all the stories you've heard before with intricate coloring pages and eight devotions discussing the days before Jesus' resurrection. Walk through this adult coloring devotional as you learn more about Christ's walk to the cross. The Alive Coloring Devotional. Come alive in Christ. 
Thank you so much, Caleb, for bringing us that uh, message. I appreciate it. But yeah, those Alive Coloring devotionals are available on Amazon Prime, and they are a great way for you or for you and your kid to um, do something meaningful for Easter this year. So you can check those out on Amazon. I'll provide a link for that in the bio of this podcast episode. You have two more days to enter that giveaway, so make sure you do it. Once you write a review, make sure you screenshot the review and send it to me over my email. You can find my email at www.p40ministries.com contact. And my email is jen, J-E-N-N, at p40ministries.com. So just send a screenshot of your review to that email. I will get it, and I will enter you into the giveaway, which ends in two days. So make sure you do it, guys. But until next time, happy listening, and God bless.